With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time that's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. We are off and running. And the reason that Doug isn't here in this spot today was because Doug was working early. Doug was co-hosting the Dan Patrick Show with Jason Smith earlier today here on Fox Sports Radio. And the guys, for their three hours of chatting, they got a chance to catch up with Rick Buecher, Fox Sports 1 NBA analyst. And I guess, Jonas, you could say, I thought this was... Not that it was a foregone conclusion, but it seemed that everything was headed this way from what we're about to hear. But Rick Buecher provided the good news today to basketball fans and, heck, sports fans around the country with this news earlier today on the DP Show. The reality is that, well, it hasn't been said, it's been decided. We're, we're going to have a game. It's just a matter of 
when we're going to have games and what it's going to look like. I would expect by the first week of June, we are going to get an official announcement, maybe even the first of June. That seems to be what we've heard over the last couple of weeks. And Jonas, to me, what solidified my thinking that the NBA was going to resume was what came out on Friday, where it was a survey that was sent out to the 30 teams in the NBA asking their preferences on a whole bunch of topics, whether it be the regular season, if it should be finished, whether it be the postseason, how many games they should actually play, even as far as if the playoffs are held or when the playoffs are held, how far should they go? There was never an option on that that said, should we play or shouldn't we play? I think that kind of gave us the idea that the NBA is going to be tipping it off at least some point to wrap up this season. Yeah, and I don't think they have much of a choice, to be honest with you. I think the NBA, the second that these other sports started jumping out and figuring it out, the NBA feels like, and and these other sports look like they're the odd man out. The NFL continued on. Uh, Obviously, they don't have actual games to worry about, but they had their draft. They started free agency. They continued on with their season. NASCAR has figured it out. The UFC figured it out. Golf is figuring out a solution for what they can do, and they're going to be back soon. And so I think the NBA looked around and said, Jesus, if they can hold a WrestleMania in an empty place over a two-day span, we need to figure out a way to get back on the court. Because I I saw a number that was out there that they stand to lose, what was it, $900 million of playoff revenue if they don't have uh, an NBA playoffs this year? I don't think there's really any choice. I think they need to get back, and I think in some ways they've conveyed that to the players and the owners know it too. I've never been a fan of them resuming the regular season games. I actually think if you look at the standings, everything's kind of set. That's just from where they left off in in mid-March. But you mentioned the money aspect of it. The regular season games is part of a contract as well that they have with local affiliates that they need to air about 70 games on the local markets broadcast. So those are fulfillments when you've only played 67 as a whole. And, you know, some teams played primetime games where there was no alternate local broadcast. So when you're the NBA, you're trying to fulfill those local market requests that you were, con- uh, you know, contractually obligated to. You've got to finish those sort of things, which is, pretty absurd because I just don't think that we need regular season games but to your point about the money that's another money aspect that the NBA is continuing now as as these games are going to be played yesterday uh, with Ephraim Salam on our Sunday show I kind of laid out what I thought was most important and and least important Netflix Sundays right there it is that's what it is the most important thing I think in the NBA has always gone this way and it's why a plan has taken so long and it's why they were lagging behind Jonas because I think that they were the most uh, the health was was at risk they were also the league that had the player and players come down with the virus where we're calling off games. Like there was no other, they weren't shutting down spring training games, you know, four minutes before first pitch. In fact, spring training games were still going on on that Thursday when the sports world was basically shutting down with college tournaments. But the NBA is basically like, all right, we're ending this. So I think it was imperative of the NBA to try to figure out what sort of plan they had, not only because of the optics of them having the one closing it down, but they're the ones who are most easily able to 
I guess, give COVID-19 or coronavirus to another player because of the amount of contact. So while the NFL has been kind of almost footloose and fancy free with stuff, the NBA has been basically walking on eggshells with no good uh, alternatives for the last two months. And can I be I think the UFC put them in a bad spot. I really do, because the UFC also has a broadcasting deal with ESPN. So they have a television deal with ESPN. And what I had heard from some people, and I don't know if this is confirmed, but this is what I heard, and it makes some sense. The reason why the UFC was so adamant upon returning and why they've put so many fights on in such close uh, proximity to themselves is because they have to do a certain number of t- uh, of of. Uh, TV shows a year on ESPN. They've got to do a certain number of broadcasts, a certain number of events to fulfill the contract that they signed with ESPN. Well, it's the same network. You know the NBA probably has a similar deal. You mentioned the local stuff with the 70 games that you've got to have. That's part of the TV deal. I think once the UFC went forward with this, the NBA looked around and said, well, there goes our, well, look, it's a pandemic. What do you want us to do? If ESPN could come to the NBA and say, what do you mean? The UFC figured it out. Yeah, but they're different. There's no, uh, you know, social distance. No, no. These guys are drawing blood from each other willingly in the middle of a pandemic. If they can figure it out, why can't you guys? And I think that really put the pressure on the league. How much of a difference is it, though, in, in when you have got – the amount of clout that global superstars have. Like, who has the clout oh, to the yeah. UFC? You, to, you know, to really say, like, you know, I'm not – this is – I'm not going to fight. What, maybe maybe two or three fighters that would be able to stand up where their word – you know, their word would carry weight? Yeah, and, and, and most of them aren't fighting right now. <laughs> sure, right? Right, so you got a bunch of – so if we wanted to have the G League and pass it off as the NBA, maybe then it's a little different. But, you know, I do think that they're, they're different. But to your point of, yeah, if you're going to worry about contact – there's, I mean, there it's constant contact in an in a UFC fight, for you know, a fight after fight after fight, and that then raises up questions for the NBA. I think that their optics, though, with the whole with the the Utah Jazz stuff, and I'm so afraid to say the Rudy Gobert thing, but I because we just don't know, you know, we we, we don't know if he was the first to have it, but oh, we were man. the we were the first ones to know that that he had it. That their optics were. All right, we've got to be super careful for this. And the NBA, I mean, the NBA has acted a lot quicker on a lot, you know, a lot of big issues. Heck, the, even the you know the Donald Sterling thing when when he makes the comments that uh, that he made years back. I mean, they got him out of that ownership seat as quickly as possible. With this, they've just been kind of. I don't want to say lagging behind, but they've just been lagging behind others because I think that they're trying to figure out a way. To you know, to to make the delicious cake with a bunch of awful ingredients. Look, uh, that Rudy Gobert story was such a crock. I mean, you you talk about a crock of garbage. Like the idea that Rudy go Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, there's they're not even sure if they can coexist when they remember one of those stories that came out. There's mm-hmm. like they're not sure they can coexist when they return. Um, first of all. We're trying to figure out as a country whether or not we're allowed outside. You think we give a rip whether or not Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell are going to get along because we don't know who gave the coronavirus to who? What a non-story, but I digress. Well, no, I I think it's interesting as well to go back for the two-plus months that it's been to show how much we did and didn't know about the coronavirus because – the, the video of Rudy Gobert touching the microphones as he did, and we are, I mean, 
people are just up in arms. I mean, I, I remind myself, I'm like, I, I said this, and I, and, I, and I truly actually still believe it, but I probably said it really snarky where I'm like, you know, there's a fine line to being a smart aleck and a dumb A, you know, or something like that, you know, or a, a smart aleck and a, and a jerk. Uh, that, are, that, are you are you mocking your own voice with your own voice? I think I th- yeah yeah I think that 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 was me. <laughs> but I but I said that and but it shows of just where the thought process was that that Rudy Gobert you know was giving it out to everyone and Rudy Gobert gave it to a kid in Boston who got an autograph from him at a Celtics game and it's like Rudy Gobert Rudy Gobert but that's what it was in March because we didn't know we didn't know like what what truly. Uh, COVID-19 is. I don't even know if we really know now what it, it is, but things have just changed so much. But those, the, the point of saying all this, Jonas, was that the perception was there and the of perception course. is reality. And that's what the NBA had to deal with. I think that the NBA has also got some big time issues if they're, I mean, you know, I know you've talked about it and others have, have talked about the, the conversation of having the season start later, which could be a really good possibility oh, yeah. for, um, um, you know, for, for a season to start in December. Well, then why are you asking GMs if you want an NBA playoffs to go to November 1st? Because isn't that what you're trying to get away from? And, and I said to, to, to try to get this season in, you've got to get this thing in by Labor Day. You have to get it done before football season. Otherwise, you're going to get the questions that you didn't want answered, answered. And it, it, it's I, I use the example of asking your partner if you were a better lover than her ex, or and and What's wrong with that. You, you, the point is, you don't want to know. And the NBA doesn't want to really know what it would be like if they took their prime product, their NBA Finals, even in this in this sort of world that we're in, to put it up against an average NFL week. You don't want to know those numbers. Yeah. You know, and, and so that's. Dead man. Dead man walking. <laughs> like, like, there is no way. And that's just a, that's a question that the NBA just doesn't want to deal with. So, so this whole start of the season thing, I think it was, was laid out in that survey. But there are some things in it that the NBA has to realize that, yeah, okay, I know we've been kind of late to this, but this is what's important to us. Ending by this point, ending by Labor Day, making sure everybody's healthy. And I think in getting, in the, you know, a full playoffs thing, which is something we can dive into later, but. This is the position the NBA is in because perception is reality with that league. Yeah, and and also the understanding that you, nothing's going to be perfect, and at this point you got to take what you get. It's not going to be perfect. It's not perfect for any league, but you take what you get. So the NBA, I mean, I, I, I remember LeBron James early on in the process. Man, I'm not playing if there's no fans there. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll fast forward that 10 weeks and, let, and take a look at the economy and tell me what you're ready to do. <laughs> I mean, come look, on, man. Yeah, Look at that cardboard cutout of Rich Paul. You know, that's <laughs> By the way, mean, it's better than the sex dolls in, in Korea. I'll say that. Here's here's my question. If the Lakers are playing those games, do you have a cutout of Jack Nicholson? Like, do you put him there? Like, oh, that's do, good. Do each of the games have to be representative of okay. who might be? <laughs> Who might be at your okay. game? That would be great. You know what? Maybe maybe that's something we need to start putting together uh, for later on in the show. Which cardboard cutouts would be at certain arenas? All right. <laughs> okay. Like I, th- I think that might be a good idea for later on, Dan. Oh, great right. stuff. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Covering Major League Baseball for Fox Sports and the MLB Network. Hey, John, happy Memorial Day. How are you? 
Dan and Jonas, uh, great with you. Sorry that I'm a little bit late here. Uh, I, I can stay as long as you need me now. My, my apologies on that, first of all. Um, but uh, great to be with you guys, and, and certainly uh, uh, sending our thoughts to all, all uh, the families of all who, who died serving our country, and uh, just uh, best wishes to everybody here on this Memorial Day. We have, we have gone on a tangent, John, while we were awaiting you. And it's, by the way, it's totally fine, because we have gone down a Damian Miller rabbit hole of talking. <laughs> I, and, and, and I'm going to, Jonas, I'm going to just kind of pull this back out and ask John this question. John, is the greatest rivalry in sports, you can have your Michigan and Ohio States, you can have your Army Navies, it's got to be baseball owners against the Players Union. Is, is that the greatest rivalry? Because our argument was basically they can't agree on anything ever. Is, I mean, is, is there an argument to put union against owners in Major League Baseball as sports' best rivalry? Well, I would say this, uh, that baseball of our four major sports in this country has gone the longest without a labor stoppage. Mm. This is kind so of like we Ohio State had kicking Michigan's a lockout <laughs> or strike since the early days of 95 when they were coming back after the strike was over. So that, that to me, uh, is one note of, of labor peace okay. for the last uh, really generation. But certainly there are some contentious moments now, but I, I really am going to remain optimistic that, uh, and I know there's a big week coming up, I get that, uh, for all the sports really, but especially baseball. I, I think that as long as uh, there's an agreement by early next week that things will stay on schedule for the abbreviated season, and uh, it does appear to me that there's at least uh, understanding on the part of, of both sides to have a conversation tomorrow and, and at least begin Begin talking about talking, which is uh, certainly better than nothing. And I think that we're uh, hopefully on our way to, to at least an interim agreement that gets the game back on the field this summer. John, if somebody said to you, all right, you're just never allowed to watch soccer again, it's just like that, that's an impossible ask, right? Like we would like you to not watch soccer again because you're a big soccer fan, correct? I love soccer, yes. yeah. Okay, so I, I love soccer too. Uh, um, Italian soccer fan on my end because I have uh, a good buddy of mine. Uh, his family's from Italy, so I was really into soccer. If somebody asked me certain things that just weren't possible, I would tell them ahead of time, listen, this is just not going to happen. When they come out and they say, hey, baseball players who have been playing the sport for 30 years, we're going to need you not to spit anymore. That's an impossible ask. Okay, so like of these things that have been thrown out there that they would like that we need to see, how many of these things are going to be realistically regulated that have been put on the table for what needs to happen in order for the league to come back? Well, and that's a very fair question, Jonas. I think that do I believe that the first player who, uh, who spits on the field will be ejected from the game and the season's going to stop? I would say that that is not probably going to happen just as i'm watching this thing from a distance i think similarly over the weekend uh and and watching as i have uh, soccer games uh and and goal celebrations there i'm sure that uh there has to be some variance and acknowledgement of of a little bit of flexibility for the players on the field uh take german soccer for example there are some rhetorical inconsistencies such as you're going to stay spaced out before the game starts, you're not going to shake hands with the opposition captain, uh, and you're, you're staying spaced out in all of the, uh, the, the, the pregame warm-ups. But during the game, you're right up next to the opposition player in their face defending them, which is part of, I think, the way that we're all navigating this. When, when it's an appropriate and sensible risk, uh, 
to take, I think it's a different calculation than when it's not necessary. And so uh, if, if, a, if a person is, uh, you know, if they uh, get a mouthful of dirt and sort of spit it out, they're probably entitled to do that, especially if they're a safe distance away from everybody else. We are all relearning what it means to be a responsible, safe, good citizen. And uh, I think it's all about calculating risks that are acceptable and those that are unnecessary. And I think that that's really going to be the guiding principle of so many things involving the sports world right now. John Morosi joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Byer. He's Jonas Knox sitting in for Doug. There's so much to get to, but I kind of want to piggyback off of some of that because we look at the NBA, John, and we see stuff of saying, well, this could change the NBA forever. This is They may just now continue to do stuff, whether it be something as major as starting the season or maybe just something minor with what they do with the bench and, I don't know, maybe a player checking in or something. Are there things in Major League Baseball like a lineup card changes stuff like that, that we now look back and be like, all right, that was kind of stupid. Like, we're not even going to do that anymore. Are there possibilities that there are changes to some of these things that we could see still staying in baseball? Sure. I think we could see the DH becoming more standardized. Uh, I think that we were already moving towards a time in the, in the game during the course of this decade where but prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, I would have said that by 2027, 2028, that we would have a 32-team league, uh, universal DH, tightened geographic divisions with, for example, the Mets and Yankees in the same division, the Angels and Dodgers, same division. And this might be moving us closer to that, to uh, fewer long-distance travel series, more of a tighter uh, method of traveling, expanded playoffs. That was being discussed even before COVID-19 came around. And now this proposal, seven playoff teams per league, with the, the top team getting a bye and then the remaining six teams playing in an abbreviated or sort of unique first-round series to get into the former division series round. I think those formats and those changes could be here to stay. Maybe expanded rosters even beyond what it is right now. Uh, of course, it was going to go to 26 players this year. Maybe it goes up even higher to protect for the pitching. So I think a lot of those uh, different changes – could be an effect for baseball. Baseball in general, the way that it's played, there is not as much close contact sweating on each other as you would say you would see in, in basketball. Uh, so I think that there are some socially distanced elements to baseball that help the sport. It's also outdoors in the summertime, which could perhaps help uh, the sport operate a bit more safely uh, for the next several months than we could see during the wintertime. So, so many variables right now, but I think in general, baseball will take some strides to be, uh, I think, a bit more flexible and, and maybe more tech-savvy as well just in the way they prepare for the, for the games. But I think in general, uh, those structural changes that we talk about so much, about divisional structure, postseason structure, DH or not, those are all suddenly on the table right now, and it wouldn't surprise me if the changes that are happening now become permanent. Uh, John Pomerosi joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, whether it's MLB, NHL, soccer, uh, Michigan football, you name it, he's the guy to go to. Dan Byer, Jonas Knox, in for Doug Gottlieb here on FSR. JP, I was thinking about this. Um, in other sports, they've sort of – you know, come to come to terms with the idea that we may have empty stadiums. Um, you know, in football, you think about teams that have a home field advantage, like a, like a Seahawks or a New Orleans Saints. And if there's no fans in those stadiums, then all of a sudden that home field advantage isn't what it is with a full stadium. Is there any place in baseball 
where a team has a home field advantage because of the fan base. And, and I'm struggling to think of it. And, and with that being said, if that's the case, are no fans really going to make a difference uh, for these players other than the fact that the owners aren't going to get that revenue? That's a great question in terms of the games itself. And obviously we've seen it uh, uh, through our, our, our television colleagues at, at FS1 with the Bundesliga the last couple of weekends. There's been almost a negative home field advantage of the first couple weekends of play resuming there in Germany. So uh, I think there may be something said for that, that, that the routine of, of uh, just maybe the, the distraction almost of, of still being home and, and managing life as we all are right now, uh, when you don't have the, the home fans to, to support you and, and bring your focus back to the game or to the pitch, sometimes things maybe don't go as you expect they would, whereas when you're on the road, you already have that mentality of you're at the hotel and you're more of an in-rhythm situation than you are when you're at home. It's, just, it's a really interesting story and, and storyline to watch unfold. I've always thought that at Fenway there's, there's a real advantage just because of the uniqueness, the uniqueness of the park. Yankee Stadium at times has had that. Uh, I, I, when it's loud and when the stadium's enclosed, Houston. I think some of the dome teams that, that have uh, really strong fan support when it gets loud, I think Houston probably of the domed cities that are playing well right now comes to mind, uh, where that's a real advantage. And interestingly, Tampa Bay, it's been said that because they have not had strong attendance, that it's been a hard place for teams to play because you go there and you're and you're the intensity has dropped down so much from where you're normally used to playing oh, that wow. the Rays have enjoyed an advantage from that perspective. So maybe now the Rays will be more neutral <laughs> uh, and be at a greater disadvantage because what used to be their advantage of of so, the somewhat quiet atmosphere is no longer unique. So it, it really is baseball of the bizarre when it comes to how it's going to look and sound and feel um we'll hear more of the the conversation around well i'm sure that uh when the strike zone and we'll see automated or not uh what that conversation is like but the manager speaking to the home plate umpire about a concern about the strike zone anybody in the ballpark including maybe the the microphones uh back home will be able to pick up what the manager is saying so uh a lot of unique uh, baseball conversation uh will now perhaps be uh, audible for all to, to hear at home as well. You know, you talk about home field advantage. We laugh at the Rays. I'll just never forget Pittsburgh and the Reds in the, the play-in game to shake Johnny Cueto. So, yeah. so I know that there's, there's a hope and you want them in there, but it does make a difference in that postseason, even in outdoor parks. I mean, I mean it really it does. does. and Yeah, it totally does. Absolutely. There's no question about it, and certainly, uh, you know, uh, somewhat uh, ironically, we're coming off a World Series in which every game was won by the road team. But, but I do think you're right that over over the game's history. Now, again, that was the first time that ever happened. Uh, but I, I do think over the game's history, we've seen. You, you think back to the Aaron Boone game that was at home. Uh, the Mets rallies in the '86 World Series, of course, those were at home. Uh, so many of the of the unique moments that that have happened in the game's history. The '11 World Series in St. Louis, once the Cardinals won game six it was hard to imagine them losing game seven so i i, I think you're right that the, the intensity of an october baseball game is really special and to have it with no fans will be will be jarring but i think we're all getting used to this new normal and there's been the conversation i know again with the bundesliga do you pipe in crowd noise for the for the fans at home to have that sense of normalcy i think it's an open question that, that each network and each sport will, will handle on their own I, I just think that we're also grateful to have the game's 
back potentially, and and whether it's something as 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 somewhat uh, trivial or interesting to talk about as as spitting or not spitting on the field, I think we're going to see a real commitment on the part of players, as we've already seen in, in Germany. Where uh, do, do do I think that the players there are excited about wearing masks when they're not in the game? Probably not, but. They'll do it because that's what's required to get back on the field and play. And we all want to do that so badly. that I think that that's really, uh, on our own little granular level, uh, if, if you're in a community where masks are being recommended, um, you, you do it because it's what, in the best interest of public health and that, that hopefully buys you uh, a happier future for your community and for your, your town and families, and especially those that have uh, suppressed immune systems. It's just, it, to me, I think we're all in the same method of thought together about uh, we're all doing our part, and I think we're going to see that in the sports world, that while I'm sure people are not wild about the idea of wearing a mask, if that's what's mandated, you do it because that's what helps you uh, get your game back on television and, and, and part of our cultural conversation. I think it's all, it's all for the greater good, and I think that we're going to see a lot of leadership from the sports leagues in that way. John, that's John awesome. Palmerosi. Um, John, now, uh, before we let you, uh, just a quick question. No fans in Ann Arbor for a Michigan game. Are you good with that? Because I know you, you live there in Ann Arbor. Are you a season ticket holder, and what does that mean to you moving forward? I'm good with that because my, because my wife works at the hospital here in Ann Arbor, and I, I don't want to see a, a super spreading event happen in, in this town. I mean, candidly, that's my that's my answer. It, it really, uh, you know, for me, you mentioned Italian soccer and and. Uh, the, the town of Bergamo was so hard hit, and I visited there. Uh, I, I went to a soccer game actually in Bergamo 10 years ago. Uh, that part of Italy in general is where my family came from generations ago. And so to know that it was a, a game at San Siro in Milano that was one of the reasons how uh, Bergamo became a hotspot of, of COVID-19 just a, a couple months ago, um, that to me, it, it kind of hits home. So if, if Michigan Stadium has to be empty, I say that's probably the right way to do things right now, uh, and, and actually probably not even probably, definitely just listen to my wife, and I, I listen to her all the time on everything, but certainly when it comes to, to, uh, to health, she's the one whose first name is doctor, and I'm just uh, the sports broadcaster, so I, I listen to her advice, and, and uh, she has pretty, said pretty continually since this all began, Michigan Stadium just should not have fans. It just doesn't make any sense for it to happen that way. So I, I think that at least until we've, we have a vaccine, uh, you know, in hopefully in 2021. So I think that that to me, I am totally cool with it. I, to, to having an empty stadium, if it gets the game back, I think it's great for universities to have that sense of normalcy. But I think we can all safely watch it from home and support from afar. Wear, wear your sweatshirts and, and, uh, uh, and support your team that way. But I think that for us, uh, I, I have no issue whatsoever with, this, with the stadium being empty here in the fall of 2020. Quick one before we let you go. Do you think there is a lake in the UP that still has a piece of ice on it? It's Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> yeah. What are the possibilities that there is at least one lake with like a small piece of ice from the winter? Well, yeah, up, up onto like uh, Isle Royal, right? So even north of the UP. So if you go to the Keweenaw Peninsula, Dan, as you well know, uh, uh, with the Wisconsin roots, and you keep driving north, and then, then the water starts. There's an island way on there, an Isle Royal. I think probably by now it's no longer uh, iced over. But we had snow here last month, like, like, and not like at the beginning of April, like in like April 25th. So uh, I would say uh, probably no more ice caps up there now. 
But uh, it's Michigan, uh, and it's this time of year, and so I would never really uh, be surprised by anything. And by the way, speaking about Wisconsin, there is no high school baseball in Wisconsin, even in uh, a year like this in terms of like during the school year. Uh, of course, this year is a, a year that's truly singular. But every year, as you know, the, the Wisconsin high school baseball season starts in the summer. They can't even play it during the school year because of the snow. So that's uh, my, my beautiful friends in that great state of Wisconsin, Dan, which I love as well. Uh, that, that, that's how things roll with high school baseball in Wisconsin. Appreciate it, John. It's been fun. <laughs> He's the best. I <laughs> love, the I love Midwest. JP. Life I love in the upper JP. Midwest. Appreciate it, John. My pleasure, guys. Thanks so much. Oh, great stuff. John Morosi covering baseball <laughs> for Fox Sports. He's the, the best. There's nothing, there's nothing he doesn't know. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Yesterday, Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods got on the board with a big victory in the match part two, the made-for-TV event that was to raise funds for COVID-19 relief, and they definitely accomplished that, raising $20 million. But Jonas, in a in a time where we are starving to watch live sports or to watch uh, events that we don't know the outcome, yesterday's event that aired on Turner Sports, who's on TNT and TBS, was one that I thought was quite fulfilling for a lot of reasons because you, you, you've you got a golf fan like myself who's going to watch the event, but you have the two biggest names in golf. You've got the two biggest names in football. You bring those worlds together with games that maybe weren't as polished as you would have hoped. And I just I thought that yesterday, and, I, and I'm always worried about this because I am a golf fan or I'm looking at it. I don't think that yesterday's golf event was catered towards me because I'm going to watch it anyway. Maybe the week before when you had the skins match between uh, Dustin Johnson and Ricky Fowler and Rory McIlroy and Matthew Wolf, Maybe that was more for the golf community, but I thought that this one was just for the sports fan and bringing the world together. So I'm curious on your thoughts on how yesterday's the, the match went because I really, I, I really thought that it went well and it really translated well on TV. I thought it was by far and away one of the worst things I've seen on television in the last six months. I mean, I was disgusted by what I was watching, Dan Meyer. You talk about an atrocious tournament. I mean, they disgraced the game of golf. Guys wearing shorts, uh, golf cart cams. One guy splits his pants open, and then he's wearing, like, these baggy Zubas the rest of the tournament. I mean, it made me sick to my stomach. I couldn't stand the tournament. All kidding aside, I thought it was awesome. I really did. Because it made somebody who doesn't know as much about golf as you do – it made somebody who doesn't relate to golf in the way that you do because I've, I've played a couple of times in my life. Uh, I've been to, been to big tournaments, but it felt like something that I could wrap my arms around because it felt simpler than, than, a, than a golf match that you normally watch on television. And we've had the pleasure to go to places like Torrey Pines for a couple of years, which is one of the most beautiful scenes I've ever seen. And when you see just sort of how relaxed some of those guys are when you see them in person and just being there and around the event, I wish that translated better to television. And I thought they hit a home run yesterday with it yesterday. I know that the weather conditions weren't ideal, but I, I, I thought it, as I said, went off well. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad as a golf fan to hear you say that because it isn't easy to put off, you know, or to pull off that sort of event. There are things that, that can get old. You, you, one of the things that they had in the skins game that you had the week before where somebody was saying there was a, a, a theme maybe on Twitter that said, 
well, these guys aren't playing well. It doesn't look like Dustin Johnson really cares. You also have to remember that when you're watching a golf tournament and you're watching it on TV, and it's usually majors we're going to get a lot of a lot of coverage. U.S. Open will be on Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports. So when Tiger tees off, you're seeing every shot that Tiger plays. But, Jonas, you're also seeing 20 to 30 other players maybe hit shots. And only the best of the best have each of their shots shown. So really when you're watching golf, it is a, it, it's kind of a best of show every time, or it's a best of or worst of. They're not going to show you a mediocre shot for a guy who's eight shots back of the lead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're going to give you the main characters, how that story develops. But in a golf tournament, there's 150 other players that are hitting shots that you never see. When you only have four players on the course – those are the only shots that you can focus on. So I actually thought it was kind of unfair to be like, well, man, these guys aren't playing you know, good golf. They, it's not what we would have hoped. Well, those are the only four shots that you are watching. You can't just go to you know, the 13th hole and watch somebody try to putt for eagle. It's one of the magic things that golf has. Fast forward to what we had with the match yesterday. What was so great about it was – the awfulness of Tom Brady on the front yeah. line. Like, like that's the sort of stuff that, that you, that you want to see, or just, you know, w- one of the, one of the takeaways from yesterday's event was, you know what? Tiger looks healthy. Tiger actually seemed to hit all of his shots. There were so many things that you could grab from this that maybe you didn't somewhere else that I just, I thought was so, so positive because it was both good and both bad. And usually the bad is complained about, but it wasn't complained about yesterday. You know what never goes out of style? Being relatable. If you can be relatable, that's always going to translate through the television or the radio or anywhere. If, if people watching or listening can feel like, hey, you know, we felt the same way too, or hey, we've been there too, that always is going to play well. And the fact that you had it was so flawed. Look, at, at some point, I mean, they had to have think, thought to themselves, and Charles Barkley made made a comment about it during while it was happening. He was like, "You know, it is raining pretty hard, guys. You know, it's, I mean, like it's not like this is just a couple of sprinkles. It was a downpour on these guys, and they stayed out there and they played. And if you're if you're somebody who paid a certain amount of money for a tea time, and it starts raining, you know that you're scrambling to get to get your shots in because you don't know how bad it's going to get, and you already paid for the course. So that was relatable. Tom Brady, a, a guy that that preaches fitness, and a guy that's got his own fitness line and his medicine and all the other things to go along with it and he's got this supermodel wife and he's got all these millions of dollars in his six Super Bowl rings and even Tom Brady can split his pants on national television just like everybody else it was relatable that's why it worked and I just wonder if your golf moving forward maybe you don't have to take every aspect of it but maybe you look at a couple of tweaks and go man I don't know like you know maybe maybe this is a way to be more inviting because as it stands right now and you know this the laziest thing that's done by many people in sports media is unless Tiger Woods in the tournament, I'm not even going to pay attention to it. And and I've been guilty of that as well, too. You watch all of these tournaments. I just think there's something they could pull from it to, to, to make the television experience that much better for everybody involved. You know, the relatable thing is is so unique. And, and you know what I would like to see? And, and I think No Laying Up is a, is a podcast, and they've got a huge following uh, in golf, and I think that they've done this with a with a with a pro or two, but Jonas, to go to I, let's just take my example where I grew up. There were two golf courses in the the close area of of north central Wisconsin. 
There was the hometown course, Merrill Golf Club, or there was Trep River Golf Course, which was in the country, which was between Merrill and Wassa, but it was it was in farmland. What I would love to see is to, for this the, the sake of the, this example, for this purpose, to take those four players, or to take two of them and put whatever, if you, if you want to take out Manning and Brady, whatever, put them on a course that we relate to. Like, yeah. there are so many players that, will, that, that, that play golf that will never play the caliber of golf course of medalist golf club. Like, uh, in Florida, it's a su- you know, super elite private. It's where Tiger plays. When you get to the relatability of it, to, to see, wouldn't you love to see what Tiger Woods could shoot at your home course from the back? Team? I mean, it may oh, be, God. you know, like, <laughs> you're, you know, you're talking, you know, oh, 16 God. under par. But imagine, like, what something like that would do. And, and, and just of, of trying to be relatable, of going to, going to a golf course, I don't know, in the middle of Missouri. You know that 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 costs you twenty bucks to play nine holes with a cart, and it's thirty six. You know for for eighteen, and go and play that. Now it would take guys out of their comfort zone, but that is what relates to us. And those are the sort of ideas that I think that that golf can can lend to, <laughs> of of just trying to be the cart thing. Like I never thought in my wildest dreams when when I was trying to think of okay. First of all, I honestly thought that you would have hated it. I thought you would have, like, Jonas probably didn't like the broadcast. I'm curious to hear what his thoughts were. (laughs) But I'm surprised to hear you say, I love the golf carts, and I love them wearing shorts. Because shorts are a big, big uh, conversation on the PGA Tour because players aren't allowed to wear shorts. You're not allowed to, when you you play, you're not allowed to play uh, to wear shorts. Practice rounds, you started to, and... In, in events where you can wear shorts, but you're not going to play those in rounds. But to show that you would maybe be drawn in by seeing something like that or maybe feel more relatable to it by seeing a golf cart, I think is something that the golf world needs to listen to. Yeah, and, and look, the shorts thing, the reason why I'm so fascinated by it is because I can't wear shorts because, Dan, I don't have the calves for it. All right? It's just <laughs> – talk- <laughs> look, I'm sorry, man. It's I, I've it? got it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I look like a, in shorts. I look like a flamingo with bad tattoos. It is not a good look, so I can't wear shorts. But but I did notice that, and it was one of those things to where I thought, well, why wouldn't they let them do that during you know during PGA play or during some of these other tournaments? It never mm-hmm. occurred to me that that wasn't allowed. The the golf cart cam and Phil Mickelson's a great soundbite, and he's really turned himself into sort of a comedy act in his own where he's hitting bombs and speaking of calves, he's talking about his massive calves. Like he's, he's turned in a, a lot of that stuff later in his career over the past couple of years where it's been really, really funny, but it's to your point, Tiger Woods. Hey, Mr. Green Jacket, why don't you come out to my neck of the woods? Let's see how you do it. Golf and stuff in Ventura. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. yeah you, you can, you can hit a 350 yard drive. I want you to hit that ball through the clown's mouth on the six hole in Ventura. <laughs> and then you, and then you can, can tell me how good you are but it just i i think uh, until you walk the grounds and are around some of this like we see the way that augusta is presented on television this is somebody who's not as 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 a, much of a golf fan or knows as much about golf as you when i see augusta and the way it's presented it's gorgeous it reminds me oh it's april like that like that's that's how i know that it is april because just watching sports growing up i always just sort of place things together in in sequence of where they are and so when i see augusta national i think oh it's april 
I also look at it, and it's got a very proper presentation. And a lot of golf is like that. It's very proper. It's very, you can't do this. You can't talk in the backswing. Uh, you need to be over here. Somebody holds up a sign and tells you when you can talk and when you can applaud and when you can't. And when you go to actual events, like we went to Torrey Pines, I mentioned, we went to the U.S. Open at Oakmont. Me being able to walk around and actually see it and see, oh, man, these people are actually more down to earth than they're given credit for. You got to see that on television yesterday, and I just don't think that you get that enough from golf, and I think that's where they can really strike. I think so many people are used to seeing Tom Brady perfect as well. And to oh, yeah. see him not be perfect <laughs> and not be relatable was was magnificent for so many. And and him holding out where which by the way, we were doing our show during that time, uh Ephraim and I, right before you and Brady Quinn go on, and I didn't have the sound on and I didn't see, and I thought it was for Eagle. Usually when you hole out from a fairway, it's for Eagle which tells you how bad Tom Brady was playing that he had to hold out for birdie. But we've all been there when you're like, what is this for you? Well, this is for par, and I'm still 100 yards you know, from the green. All of that was relatable, and it, it translated really well. Yeah, and it was an awesome event. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Juan Gabriel. Juanquis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Byer. You can get Dave on Twitter at David J. Gascon. You can find Jonas at the Jonas Knox. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. So on Thursday, the NFL will vote on a variety of possible rule changes for the 2020 season, including the fourth and 15 option that could replace the onside kick for a couple of times during a game if a team wanted. So what Jonas and I have done, not necessarily taking what the NFL is going to vote for. We would like to take a look at some other rules that we think that the NFL should take a look at Thursday when they are looking at new rules. So, Jonas, if you would like to propose some new rules that the NFL needs, you could start us off. All right. So on the kickoff, Dan, I am a big fan of the kickoff. Uh, I know that they're trying to make it safer. But what ends up happening is now you're sort of eliminating some of the great careers. If you think about it, in today's NFL, there would be no Brian Mitchell. Uh, there would be no Vi Sikahema. There would be no Devin Hester. Uh, there would be uh, no Eric Metcalf, Dan Byer, because they're ruining special teams. So here's my mm-hmm. proposal. If the kickoff goes out of the end zone, or if it's a touchback, the receiving team will get the ball at their own 40-yard line. Mm, I want more kickoffs. Yeah, I want more kickoffs, and so I want the punishment to be doubled out to the 40-yard line. That way teams are going to be willing to let other teams receive the kick and return it. I had an Eric Metcalf caricature shirt, you know, like we call them the big head shirts. Yes. I had an Eric Metcalf. It was half of my wardrobe in grade school and junior high. Well, we just call them big head, but the caricature shirts. Absolutely. I like that. I like it's thinking outside of the box. By the way, I had a Ty Cobb shirt when I was a kid, and then when I got older, I realized, oh, he's a murderer. That's nice. Thanks, Mom. Thanks for that. Yeah, and so much much more to uh, Ty Cobb's uh, history. Why don't you just Um, give me a Ted Bundy shirt while you're at it? Jeez. Oh, Ty Cobb. Wow. One of the worst. Um, One of my changes that I would love to see in the National Football League, and it kind of is off the heels of the replay of pass interference. Jonas, I've said this a million times before. There is one penalty that should be able to be reviewed because it is plain as day. You need to be able to review face mask penalties. How it's missed when a guy head is turned around 180 degrees from where it should be on a play and a ref doesn't see it, face mask penalties should be reviewed 15 yards with Jonas in addendum. If you touch their COVID-19 face mask, 30-yard penalty. (laughs) 
<laughs> there it is. Good, yes. There it is. All right, good. Right there. Yep. All right. 30 good. yards. First down. Now, now, would you also uh, propose that they go back to, to where not every face mask, face, face mask should be 15 yards? There are the five-yard variety and the 15-yard variety. Because I feel like when a guy gets called for a glancing grab of the face mask by accident and he gets penalized 15 yards, it feels a bit egregious It to does. Me. It does. And I would, I would be uh, – I would I would be open to that, but again, a touching of the coronavirus face mask, that's an automatic 30. All right, so Dan, uh, here's another one I have for you. So you know in the NBA, when you hit a shot above the arc, meaning in closer proximity to the basket, it counts as two points. But when you hit a shot from behind the arc, it counts as three points. And the idea is we're rewarding you for a longer shot, okay? Mm -hmm. That's what the three-point shot is. So then how come we don't reward field goals for more than just three points if they're beyond 50 yards? <laughs> this is so fantasy football. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> man. I'm telling you, Dan. Like, imagine this. Brandon McManus kicks a 63-yard field goal, and the Broncos win after they were trailing by five. Come on! <laughs> there, I know, I think for a fact, a guy lost a fantasy football game because of a Jeff Prater 60-yard field goal. <laughs> That he made, and he didn't realize that it was four <laughs> points. And I'm also pretty sure when a team's just like, I don't know, let's just try a 62-yarder. You know, and the guy's long of the year, <laughs> they put it up, is from right. 46, you automatically, we've had a miss. But, yeah, I get that. Heck, that's what fantasy football does. Yes. You take stuff from video games. You end up, you know, trying to relate to the to the people who are watching. I'm all for that. Yeah, that, I'm four points for a 60-yarder. Would that yeah. be? Yeah. I mean, I, you know what that means? The Bears would never win a game, <laughs> ever, <laughs> never win a game. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, though. Good news for the Bears, though. According to my new rule, you'd see them a lot more on primetime TV. You want to know why? Why is that? I'm banning all NFC East matchups on primetime TV. <laughs> oh, come okay? on. Okay. If on. I got to go through another Eagles-Giants on primetime just because Philadelphia and New York want to watch it, my goodness. I know Dallas is America's team, but do they always have to play the Giants like to open the season on Sunday Night Football? My goodness. I am so done and have been for so long. NFC East primetime matchups, maybe winners for TV networks in those markets. They are absolute death to football fans, not of those teams. And now it's the Eagles that played the link, right? Lincoln Financial? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, I've never been to Lincoln Financial. The Eagles are on TV so much that I know the ins and outs of Lincoln Financial better than my own house. Like, <laughs> I I know where where players come out. I like you to your. They are always on. See me. There's always and, if, and we know the Cowboys. But then even the Redskins will be featured on some primetime games. Like that awful primetime game they had on Monday Night Football uh, when they lost to the Bears. Like why were the Redskins in that spot? The Giants are, are constantly featured in primetime. So there's something too uh, what it is that you're saying. Now, Dan, I think we can all agree on this though. The dumbest rule in sports, and it continues to get overlooked, and I don't understand why. If an offensive player fumbles the football out of the end zone, not only do they put the ball back to the 20-yard line, but then he loses possession. So even if it's not recovered by the opposing team, mm -hmm. they still get the ball, plus you give them 20 yards? What are we doing here? It doesn't make any sense to me. So you would like to keep possession, go back to yes. the spot of the, the play. Yes, you yep. keep possession, and then you go back, and it's a touchback. You shouldn't be punished 20 yards and possession of the football. That doesn't make any sense, especially if the team never recovered it.
You know, Fair it just, enough. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me, Dan. And all end zones must have helmets in it. So if you are going <laughs> to fumble out of the end zone, at least you would get to see the freshly painted helmet. Okay. Those are the new rules that should be for the NFL. A- and you agree that the helmet that is in the end zone has to be the two-bar helmet from yes. the 80s? Yes, okay. yeah, two-bar right. or just kind of the Emmett Smith face mask. I, I agree. I, I'm, I have no interest in seeing one of these elaborate, uh, you know, no. uh, Bane-looking face masks. I want to see the Steve Largent two-bar face mask. <laughs> and I don't think that's too much to ask. Uh, Dan Byer, Jonas Knox in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. Get Dan on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. Up next, there is a move that is about to happen in the NFL, but is it really about to happen? We'll get to the bottom of it here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.